We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in to the Ravens Vault. I am Sarah Ellison alongside my awesome co-host, partner, all things Bobby Trossett. And we have a treat for you. We have our first ever uh, guest podcast. And it started out with Ravens fullback, Pro Bowl fullback, Patrick Ricard. So we're super pumped up to share that with you. But before we do, Bobby... Just want to talk a little bit. Let's see. By the time Ravens fans listen to this, we'll only be in day two of this podcast. But we've had some already overwhelming support. Absolutely. Yeah. I just want to show my appreciation, our appreciation to, you know, Ravens flock in Baltimore and beyond because the outpouring of support has just, it's met the world. This has obviously taken months and months to get this podcast off the ground and we're thankful to Blue Wire and Kevin Jones and his team for allowing us the platform and the space to do this but man the the support the the the, the pure excitement and interest from this fan base has really just it's it's electric you know and I think it just motivates us to really get this thing going, provide episodes like this with a pro bowler in Pat Ricard and get this thing running for the 2022 season. I don't know why I'm so taken aback by all the support. Uh, you know, I already knew that the Ravens online community was strong and supported each other, but it's just one of those reminders. And I just, I'm just so surprised by it. I don't, uh, and I shouldn't be, but I am. I just, there are other creators in this space and instead of you know, taking a competition point of view or a threatening point of view, like all the other content creators, the independent content creators are publishing us as if it was their own podcast. You know what I mean? And then to see some of the fan responses, I mean, I'm just looking at Twitter, Bobby. And I mean, it's just like, I've got like 83 comments, 83 comments in just a few hours of people cheering us on and say, Hey, we're subscribing and we're, you know, we're, we're going to, give you a rating and reviews and all that kind of stuff and just cheering us on. So we really appreciate that. And we hope that we can, you know, pay you back with good content. You know, that's our goal is we just want to give you great content. So thank you to everyone out there for supporting us in this new endeavor. Yeah, it's been awesome. I think you're, we hit on it a couple times so far since we launched this thing, right? The whole like competition versus actually collaboration. And we we just want to thank the folks out there who are already in this space 
which is obviously a, a, a very saturated one and one that's got a whole lot of great creators in here. And we plan on doing a lot of collaboration as we move forward. So without further ado, let's open up the conversation with a three-time Pro Bowl fullback and undrafted beast out of the University of Maine, who has really made a name for himself, not just in Baltimore, but throughout the football community in the NFL as one of the game's top fullbacks. Pat Ricard joins the Ravens' vault. All right, Pat. So I wanted to see if you – I saw this random stat about you the other day that I think is awesome. You are the only 300-plus pound NFL player to ever record five-plus touchdowns. Are you aware of this stat? I actually am because I think some verified source on Twitter tweeted that. I forgot, maybe like CBS or something like that tweeted about it, and I thought it was super cool. And I, I think I reached, I think I actually quote tweeted it with a unicorn emoji just to be funny. So uh, it's a really, it's a really uh, awesome that to have. So for those that that don't know your style very well, how would you describe the way you play football as a three hundred pounder scoring touchdowns? Yeah, I think, um, you know, my nickname, Pancake Pat, kind of explains it. I'm just a, a really big guy that's a mismatch for a lot of defenders. So I'm very physical and I'm able to overpower most guys. Besides really, really big guys, you know, those are usually kind of stalemates or, you know, I don't pancake them as often. But I think that's kind of my style of play is pancaking a lot of defenders. And, you know, I'm versatile enough to where I move well to where – I have reliable hands, so, you know, if throwing the ball, I can make some plays with that as well, so. Year six? Are you kidding me? Year six? I know. Nuts, dude. It's crazy. Man, how do you describe the journey, and how has your offseason sort of changed and maybe even been enhanced over the years? I'm sure you've probably added in things here, adjusted things as needed. Yeah, um, you know, it's definitely surreal to think about, you know, my journey being an undrafted defensive lineman and now going to year six, sign my – Technically, third contract now. Um, just re-signed for a three-year deal. I get to stay in Baltimore for another three years. It's just—I mean, it's just a blessing. It's just—it's really surreal to think about sometimes. Um, but you know, the off-season was definitely my craziest one so far because I did a lot of traveling. The last few years, I haven't been able to travel with COVID in 2020, and then last off-season, I had a hip surgery, so I didn't do much traveling. And then. I was dealing with house renovations in my uh, off-season house. And then while that was happening, I didn't know where I was going to live next year. I didn't know what team I was going to be on. So I had to deal with a whole free agency, then resound with Baltimore, and then got a house here and just like just been craziness. But uh, it's been a very awesome, eventful off-season for me, that's for sure. Yeah, congratulations on that new contract, Pat. I mean, you could see all of the Ravens flock excited to see that you were going to extend your time here. Just congratulations on that. I'm glad that you're settling in here now this offseason. The Ravens have also added some new additions this offseason from all the rookies, some new veterans. Are there any new teammates that you've gotten to know so far and that you're uh, that you can kind of shed light on here? Yeah, I mean, we had our OTAs and minicamp, so, you know, most of all the guys that we've added either in the draft or free agency was there. Um, You know, for me, I'll probably talk about mostly just the tight ends that we have because, you know, that's my position group. You know, we have Isaiah Likely and, oh, man, why am I blanking on his name right now? Charlie Kohler. Kohler. That's why I was thinking his last name. Those two guys, I mean, I think what we saw from them is very, very exciting. I think they're both really good pass catchers. I think – you know, in the run run game, you know, we don't necessarily need them to 
be dominant run blockers because you have Boyle and myself and you have other guys in the room that can, you know, block in the run. But receiving wise, I mean, that they're very talented and they're only going to get only going to get better. And I think that we are front office did a great job in getting both those guys um, because, you know, obviously Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews. And, you know, we need other guys who can step up and, and play that role as well. So um, for those two guys, we're very excited. And I'm excited to see how they developed, you know, the last month into training camp. Hey, Pat, while you're talking about the other tight ends there, um, Nick Boyle will be coming coming back. He seems, you know, when he was seen over the OTAs, it seemed like he, you know, was dropped some weight, moving much better after that gruesome knee injury. What does his return, how does that affect your job? Does it make it, like, easier for the two of you to go bulldoze some defenders? Like, what does that mean for him to come back to you? Yeah. Um, you know, when Nick got injured, I was asked to pretty much take over the wide the position, which is the tight end position, essentially. You know, I'm being a, I've mostly been a fullback and just doing everything that's asked for a fullback. But, um, you know, I've, my, my play time it was increased, you know, almost double. Uh, with him not being there. So having Nick back will definitely take reps off of me because I had to kind of fill that role. So we're going to complement each other. So like Nick's going to come right back in, do what he, ha- what he was doing. I can focus on what I'm really good at and that's being a fullback. And, you know, if I still need to play some why, like I can still, I can still do it. So it's going to be great to have him back and we are going to be able to play on the field at the same time. We're going to be able to run our, our base offense, him at the tight end, me as a fullback, and even mix and match. You know, like we're both versatile enough to play both positions to where it's going to just help Giro really scheme up teams to use us to our strengths. So very excited to have him back. He's just a great guy, great player. So excited to see how he's going to look, you know, in the next couple of days. Now, Pat, going back to a comment you made earlier about sort of the uncertain offseason that you embarked on after January, right, about not knowing what your your future would be specifically, how would you describe the level of doubt, if there was doubt in your mind, that you would be back in Baltimore all in all? My position definitely limits limits where I can go. And, you know, there's obviously a big possibility of me coming back to Baltimore. I guess it just it just mattered of the interest teams had in me as a fullback or even me as a block inside end. And we didn't know that until we hit free agency to really see what teams were, you know, really interested to sign me to money comparable to Baltimore or even like the situation. Cause you know, Baltimore uses me a lot. So like I wanted to make sure a team that I went to was going to use me. It wasn't just going to be like a super limited role, you know, special teams, like how some teams use fullbacks. So I think that was the biggest factor. So I knew like there was a big, big possibility of coming back to Baltimore and you know I was excited to sign back so it wasn't like I didn't want to come back it was nothing like that so yeah definitely excited to sign back for sure Pat just to I just wanted to ask you a question or two about your quarterback were you um following his exchange with Bernard Pollard on Twitter a couple weeks ago and if so what did you think about that whole thing yeah, I was uh, actually on vacation at, at Disney World and I was you know I was like <laughs> And I was just on my phone, and I'm like, oh my, what is Lamar? Because Lamar has been kind of silent on social media. Like, earlier in the offseason, he was kind of tweeting a lot, and then he hasn't really been tweeting or, like, on there at all. So, all of a sudden, you're just seeing these tweets, and you're like, hold on, what is what is going on right now? Like, <laughs> and I, I do remember Pollard, because I actually remember, because I was growing up as a Patriots fan, I remember him, like, knocking out, like, uh, 
Stephen Ridley, and I think Gron- Gronkowski too, or something like that. He was kind of he was a big hitter. I do remember that about him. So I'm like, okay, what is going on with Jesus too? And I honestly really liked it. Like I just thought it was hilarious, and you kind of want to see that out of your teammates of just like defending themselves. But Lamar had time that night. He was just yeah. well, <laughs> and it was funny because I think you know, don't no disrespect between any of those two. Or, like I don't want to get involved with this, but. I just think it's so funny reading those tweets because that is how Lamar talks. Like, just Lamar was tweeting exactly how he speaks. So, like, it was just so fun. I was just reading it, Lamar's voice, and it was. I thought it was hilarious. Like, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't get over what I was reading. <laughs> then the fact that you realize that he's on a Jamaican vacation doing this, and it becomes so much more entertaining trying to visualize that, Pat. Like, oh what? are we missing? a theme here, like an overarching theme about the doubt, the critics, the the noise that's not only around Lamar, but around the team itself, right? Like JK had time recently as well. Like what are we missing here from the outside looking in? We just remember our team from 2019 and even our running game offensively from last year. I mean, from 2020, you know what I'm saying? Like we – all-time rushing record in 2019, third all-time in 2020. So for us to have the season we had last year and then also for the way it ended, I think we're all just like – we're all just like kind of sick of just hearing about us not being the team that we were because we had so many injuries. We had this and that, whatever it is. Like I think guys are just kind of like annoyed and just kind of fed up and and – we we know where we're going because of how good of an offseason we've had and knowing the draft we had, the free agency, and the guys coming back, we know we're going to come back and we're going to have a great year. And I think that we're trying to be as quiet as we can about it, but people just keep talking and keep chirping and keep saying that guys just, they eventually snap. You know, they snap a little bit. And I think that's what we're kind of seeing on social media the last couple of weeks and Guys are just letting people know, like, you guys have to stop talking crap about us because, like, we're coming back and we're going to be a great team. And I'm excited to see it. You know, you love seeing that from your teammates standing up for themselves, regardless of what it is. Yeah, it's been it's been really good to see. That's what I like about social media is is players can kind of defend themselves from what people are saying about them. So it is kind of refreshing to see guys like Lamar and J.K. and anybody else to kind of defend themselves uh, so you had you had referred that you were in Disney World while while you were checking in on Lamar and, and Bernard. Tell us about that trip. What were you guys doing down there, and how was it for you? Yeah, um, it was a really good time. The only thing I will say, it was very hot. You know, yeah. this and going to school in Maine. I'm a Northeast guy, so it was like mid to upper 90s, super humid every day. It thunderstormed for an hour or two in the evening. Like that's how hot it was. It was just. It was a little brutal, but it was a really good time. So pretty much the trip was with my uh, wife's side of the family. So my in-laws, my wife's sister, her husband, their two little kids, five and two years old. So that was pretty much the trip was for them. And then also my brother-in-law's side of the family. So his parents, his brother was there. We all stayed at a Airbnb. So it was like a really big house. I had a pool there, hot tub. So it was really, it was really cool just to like be around them and be together the whole time. My wife and I were there for I think five, five, six days. They stayed for like eight days. Went to a couple parks, went to Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, Epcot. I had a rest day here and there, but it was just a really good time. We always love going to Disney. I felt like I've been going like 
once a year now, it seems like the last couple of years. But we really wanted to go for the kids because, you know, Disney's all about family and, and seeing the kids' reactions to seeing Mickey Mouse and all the different characters and just the rides and stuff. So it was it was a fun time. Do you get a fast pass, Pat? Because Disney's brutal without it. I- I've been through it with four kids and it is brutal. Yeah, you definitely need to get like the fast pass so like you can. And it's kind of cool now because before when I was younger, you just have to go to like in front of the ride and they have little like ticket kiosks and you had to like actually go it take the ticket out and then go back a couple hours later now it's all on the app so like you can like you can like get your time and not be near the ride do it go to it and as soon as you scan it you can get a fast pass for another ride so i'm pretty well now you definitely need to fast pass because if not you're probably only going on like three or four rides for the whole the whole day pat speaking of that florida summer you and i got those northeastern roots in us right like we can't we don't necessarily have that in our blood so now that you've been down to florida in the middle of a summer how do you compare a florida summer to a Baltimore summer heat. I feel like it's just, you just like ha- get that knob and you just turn it up a little bit more. Like I, I honestly think, I think Baltimore summers are pretty damn hot. Like it gets humid here. It's surprisingly very humid. And that's what I always tell people like, yeah, it's pretty hot, but it's the humidity that really, really will get you because like in, in Massachusetts, it doesn't get humid too often. Like it'll get kind of hot, but like it's still pretty, you get, it's pretty easy to breathe. And that's the biggest thing here is like, it's humid every single day, but down there it's way worse. Like, I don't know. I, I talked to uh, Zach Sealer who played with me a couple of years, uh, defensive lineman now down there. And he tells me, he's like, bro, you do not get used to it. Like it, no matter how long you're there, it's still terrible every single day. And I, I yeah, it's, it, I, I wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Well, you guys are talking like I was just in Maine two days ago, Pat, and it was 90 degrees. It was 90 degrees, so it's getting hot up there, too. Tell us about your pancake breakfast event that you hosted back home. I think you raised over, like, $10,000. Tell us about that event. Yeah, um, so going to year six now, right, I have yet to host any type of event camp in the area that I'm from, and I've always wanted to do it. I think it's just a very special thing to do. Um, So pretty much how it happened was throughout the years – I've had so much support in the area to where like so many people were hitting up friends and family all the time to either get an autograph from me, a picture with me to meet me or their kids or whatever it was. And like when I'm up there, I'm only up there for a couple of months out of the year. And like, I'm trying to just, you know, relax, spend time with friends and family. So like, I don't, I can't say yes to everybody. Like I just can't, like I don't. And so I'm just like, you know what? I need to have a day where I can do a meet and greet and like have a day where like, Hey, like if this is the time to come and meet me, see me, get whatever you want signed, whatever pictures you want for any friends or family that may know me or fans of me or, or whatever it may be. So pretty much how it actually happened was there's a guy from the area. His name is Todd Sivan. And a couple of years ago, he reached out to me and my agency about writing a children's book based on me because he's a publisher and in like oh, wow. an author. Yeah. And like, it just never worked out. We just never got like a good script enough to do it. And we always tried doing it during my season. So like, it was just too much. So we never got it done. So he reached out to me early June, late May of this year and said, Hey, I'm having a book signing in, in Spencer, which is my hometown. And he's like, I would love for you to join me. We could do like a, a co-appearance together. And I was like, unfortunately, I can't do it. I have mandatory minicamp. He's like, okay. And I'm like, well, I've always wanted to do something in the area. 
He's like, oh, really? He's like, if you want, I can really organize it. And I, and I was like, yeah, for sure. Like I'll, I'll talk to my agency and get them involved and, you know, talking to him and everything because he has a lot of connections with the area because, you know, he does a lot of things like his book signings and, and whatnot and stuff like that. So I knew he was a good guy to organize it for me to get, you know, different businesses involved, people, the right venue, all this stuff. So he, I gave him a couple of days said, Hey, I'm only going to be in the area for a couple of weeks. Like these are the only weekends I can do it. So we found the, the weekend. It was July 16th. He found the fire department and ironically the fire department hosts pancake breakfasts all the time. Like that's just what they do. There. <laughs> that's perfect. Hey, so, like, why don't we do it there? So then that's kind of what happened. And then it turned into like this pancake breakfast. It turned into like raffle items because businesses and just families and people in the area wanted to support and help in any way. So they were donating their money, their time, items to raffle off. And I told them, I'm like, I don't want to take any money. I don't want to gain any money or profit anything. I'm like, I'd rather donate it to something. So we decided to do it because it was at the fire department, do it for the fire association, which isn't for the fire department itself. It's for like, they it's their own like association for the town. So like they build parks, they hold like events, stuff like that. And then on top of it, it was also for my high school's athletic booster club. So all proceeds went towards that. Um, nice. And it was just like a big day. Yeah, it was really cool. It was, it was four hours long. We had three one hour windows for uh, the, the breakfast portion and uh, the tickets. It was $5 adults, three for kids, just to help the cost of the pancakes and to raise a little bit of money. And then a free one hour window I did after that, just because that was the whole point of it was to meet people to like have a day to meet me. So like that's, that was the whole reason. And on top of it, I donated money and then the NFL matched it. So that was really cool that the NFL does. They matched. Wow. And so, yeah, it was really, it was a really good day. Pat, you were born to do that event. Oops. You were born to be a part of that event. <laughs> Not to shift gears in sort of a, a devastating way, but I, I do want to kind of get your your thoughts on this because it was a tough off season for your organization and and losing a teammate in Jalen Ferguson. I wonder, one, do you remember where you were when you learned of the news? And two, had you ever lost a teammate, a close teammate, over all your years of organized sports? Yeah, it was it was kind of uh, it was really shocking to find out because we have texts that get sent from the team to our phones that everyone gets at the exact same time. And they sent us that text at like 7 a.m. So like wow. I woke up to reading that text and I just like was in complete disbelief and shock. And like, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's very heartbreaking. It's very like surreal. Like it still hasn't really, I feel like fully hit me until we're all there together. And we talk about it as a team, like in person and, and really realizing like he is not there anymore and he's gone and, it's just so sad. I feel for him and his family. You know, he has three little kids and I think his I think maybe four. I think it's definitely three, but like regardless, it's it's uh yeah, it's very heartbreaking. Um I don't think I've ever had a teammate that I've lost like this. No, I think this is the first one. So it's uh it's definitely heartbreaking to even happen. I feel so bad for his family and everyone involved. Yeah, I I I about lost it, Pat, when I was you know, looking at some of the posts from his family, I just, you know, I lost it. Your heart goes out to them. Are you aware of like any plans from the Ravens of like, you know, maybe dedicating a game or dedicating a season to him? Like any like decal on helmets or jerseys? Like, do you, have you guys been told anything about that? If anything is going to happen this season to dedicate to him? Not that I know of just because we haven't been in the building, but yeah, 
you know, you know, the Ravens are a first class organization, so I'm sure they'll do something, either one game or a patch or stickers on the helmets for a game or whatever it may be. I'm sure they'll they'll do something and they'll let us know. We're closing in on the start of training camp. It's going to be your sixth run through. And I just wonder, how do you spend the last few hours and, and days leading into what obviously is the ultimate grueling grind in sports? I try to take care of my body a little bit more. So like today I went in the facility and, and just did some recovery stuff, like went in the hot tubs. Cause I, I drove down yesterday. So like just traveling itself, get your body tight and sore and whatnot. So like I just try to, and I'm getting a massage at six o'clock. Uh, besides that, it's really like doing the last things you can do. Like I'm going to play some video games tonight. I might stay up a little bit later. I might sleep in a little bit tomorrow because tomorrow is like, it's kind of like physicals in the morning. So it's like not like you don't have to get there at like 8 a.m. You can get there at like 9, 10. So like I think I'm going to do that because after that, I'm not going to be able to sleep in, play much video games for the next like seven months. So like it's kind of like almost <laughs> almost like the stuff you do right before you get married, you know, like this is it. Like this is your last <laughs> anything. So like that's kind of how training camp is. <laughs> That's perfect. And Pat, Joel, we'll just leave you up with this one. As you go into training camp, I mean, last year – the Ravens were not just the most injured t- team in the NFL last year, but I'm pretty sure ever <laughs> from when they've been keeping those stats. So what if you guys come back healthy, what do you think you guys are able to accomplish this year? What what do you think what do you think tell the fans that what how far you guys can go if you can stay healthy? I just based off of last season, we were in we were in every single game, besides maybe one or two, and we had so guys injured i i think if we had everybody healthy it would have been 2019 14 and 2 or better i think we would have been rolling teams i think a lot of games would have been close so anticipating mostly everyone is coming back healthy all the additions we've had i think we're going to be a team that a lot of people are going to have to circle on their calendars to get ready to play us and that's how i'm i'm anticipating the season to go so i'm i'm hoping that we can have everybody Everyone stays healthy and we can get this thing going. That's great. That's great. Well, enjoy the last few hours of your off season. Best of luck during this training camp. And we really appreciate you being the first ever guest on the Ravens vault. You will go down in history with that. So thanks a lot, Pat. Of course. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, Sarah, one of the things I love about Pat is he's always generous with his time. He's always insightful. And you could tell that, he is the most down-to-earth professional athlete out there and just really appreciate that he was able to, you know, give us some time and, more importantly, be our first guest. Yeah, yeah, he was great. I love how transparent he is. Like you said, he's down-to-earth. And then he gave us, Bobby, he gave us some good insight there. Um, I couldn't help but chuckle a little bit when he was talking about the Lamar Jackson and Bernard Pollard <laughs> exchange. Um uh, you know, his reaction was similar to mine in that it's like, wait a minute, this is a little bit out of character of Lamar. I mean, Lamar's pushed back before. You know, he pushed back to um, uh, Chris Sims. That was a video you put up, right? But he did it in, in a certain way. But, man, he was just going back and forth with Bernard Pollard. And I liked what Pat Ricard said for all of those and us who don't interact with Lamar every day. He said, you know, this is basically how Lamar talks. He's like, so if you could just read it, you know, as somebody that knows him, he's like, you know, you could actually hear Lamar saying those things. And I agree with Pat. I actually had this debate with my husband the other night about whether or not, you know, players should push back 
you know, when people are publicly on Twitter or anywhere else um, criticizing him. And really, I mean, it's just nonstop with Lamar. And uh, I agree with Pat. It's just like at some point you want to defend yourself and you can't do that with everybody that's that's talking trash about you. But this is a former Raven, a former, you know, Super Bowl winning Raven in Bernard Pollard. So uh, it hits a little bit different that way. So. Uh, I too am glad that Lamar can, could could stick up for for himself there from Jamaica, yeah. as you pointed out, Bobby. Yeah, I had that written down as a takeaway as well, and I think right above that though was the fact that you know, this team expects almost to be like they were in 2019. Yeah, right. They're upset that they weren't able to follow that up essentially in 2020, and definitely not in 2021. Like that's a legitimate expectation. I, I was sort of um, struck by what Pat had to say when it when it comes to that. So that should give you. Speaking of insight and kind of peeling back the curtain a little bit, that should. I think that was really revealing and should tell you what they're chasing in twenty twenty two. Oh no doubt when he when he brought up the twenty nineteen season and then he was talking about how the the makeup of the attitude of the team last year and he's one of them right because he's one of the few players that didn't have a major injury I'm sure he's beat up just like everybody but wasn't like the season ending injury and he just kept going and the team kept going and they never gave up now you combine that mentality this fighter mentality that this this underdog mentality with the actual talent that you have that's not on the sideline injured then, you know, it's like he said, other teams, other teams are going to be circling the Ravens. So I think the Ravens, from a media standpoint, are kind of riding under the radar right now, probably because of all those injuries. So people aren't expecting much. But Pat knows and we all know the other teams, the other NFL teams. Nah, they're they're not going to take them lightly. They know it's they know they hope they know what's coming, but it's another thing to stop them. No question about it. And it's another thing to try and stop us. We are moving, Sarah. We got a lot more coming up this week, <laughs> and including really the start of 2022 training camp. And we should remind you, if you haven't checked out the archives yet in the podcast network, our official 2022 Baltimore Ravens training camp preview is live. Plenty of content in there as well as uh, the first morning vault. And reminder, if you're still getting used to and familiarizing yourself with what we're doing here on this podcast, Monday through Friday, every single morning in season, you can expect a Morning Vault episode where you get the most important Ravens news in just 15 minutes or less. It's just our way of keeping you updated during what we all know is a very, very busy time of the football calendar year. Yeah, and if you all have a chance, we talked about how supportive you all have been. We really appreciate that. If you could, as soon as this is over, you know, when you – when you're listening to us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, it would be a tremendous help to us if you would leave a rating and a review. Because again, we're brand new and the more, the the way we grow this is big time through subscriptions and then ratings and um, and reviews. So unless you're gonna give us a one-star rating, in that case, just forget I'm, I'm asking for this, but uh, you know, we're, we're, we're calling out for five-star ratings and reviews. So we would appreciate that. And then also remember that uh, we are accepting, you know, comments, questions, anything you have at Baltimore Ravens Vault at gmail.com. And we'll be sure to pick some out, any questions or comments that you have. Um, and so we'll just keep this thing rolling. So we'll be back with some analysis of the Ravens training camp that opens up Wednesday, along with the Ravens morning vault every weekday. 
So we appreciate you. We'll see you again. And thank you for supporting the Raven's Vault. Bye.